Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I am the Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall. Welcome to my show. <laughs> this is a show all about questions and answers, and it is all about me, but somehow in the process of being all about me, it's all about you, and that's what we love in a great show. Love that you're sending in your questions. Please keep sending those in, bearcrawling at gmail.com. Go to rockgodapodcasting.com and look at the speak pipe tab on the side. Click it, give access to your microphone. Any device with a microphone will work, and you too can bring in your questions. I'm telling you, I am looking forward to the day that somebody I've never met comes out of left field and throws a question that I never would have thought of, and it throws me off my game for a minute, and then we go into stories that even are new to me, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So please keep those questions rolling in. I know today we have an old friend of mine who has a question, but before that, I want to say thanks to everybody who has been sending in stuff for my birthday. Uh, We rarely, rarely ever date or do anything to date these episodes, but this is one of those times where today is my birthday, and I've been getting a lot of great stuff, including from my wonderful producer, Mike, who did an awesome thing for my family with that. And thanks to everybody. Thank you, Mike, especially for for taking care of me, man. I appreciate that. So along with your questions, this is Ask Me Anything. So this is like like Kevin Smith meets... Damn it, I had a really good one at one point. (laughs) It was Kevin Smith meets somebody. But here's the thing. What other show do you get where you get to ask me a question and... For an hour, I will entertain you with a story, with multiple stories that not only answer your question, but possibly touches on other things in life. I don't know of anywhere else that you get that, especially not from me. You don't get that from me anywhere else. So come on, ask me your question. For today's question, Nicole Spencer is a longtime friend of mine. I met her when I was putting together a band, and I she came through a paramedic friend of mine. It's like, hey, I know this girl. Her sister plays the drums. I can introduce you. I'm like, sure, because I'm always looking for new band members and working on music. And I got introduced to her, and then uh, she's a genius on the drums. She was playing the drums since she was like 10 years old, and uh, or maybe even younger, I don't remember. And we've gone through a whole lot of stuff, and honestly, most of the good gear that I have for podcasting when I started podcasting was because of the band. And days and she's been in a couple of different iterations with me it ultimately introduced her to my best friend douglas spencer who has uh, been featured on the show before with a question and uh, they are now married and have a lovely daughter who is my goddaughter so that's nicole in a nutshell what does she have to say today mike yo rock got a podcast and man this is your favorite redneck man i just want to know what can you tell me about your old music days man and the band you were in and everything later oh that is that's a deep, deep, deep question because music, let's go way back to what I can remember on music. And I, I mean, I don't know why. I've been thinking about this actually a lot more lately. And nobody ever tells stories about this, about how they get introduced to music or that I hear. I'm sure some musicians and their origin stories tell how they introduced to music, those kind of things. But in general, I never really, now to think about it, I don't really hear stories about people going, oh, blah, 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 music. But I, that's, that's, that's almost a creation of me. 
is one of my earliest memories. And I don't mean, you know, as far back as I can remember, because as far back as I can remember, I have little spotty memories of being a, a small kid. My dad flying me around as Superman and, and a little pool in the back alley at this condo that we lived in before my sister was born. So you're talking about three years old blips you know not coherent memories and they've actually gaps have been filled in by my mom and dad as i've said you know hey i kind of remember this kind of moment and like oh yeah that's probably this so they filled in the gaps in my baby memory right so i'm not talking about that but i am talking about as i started to be aware of who i was and that comes on at an early age you def- you start developing awareness of yourself i i don't know exactly a year age but very early on And at some point in my life, the first thing I actually remember, of course, I grew up with tapes and tape decks. And we had this long rectangular tape player that had the, well, there's a tape recorder too, but it had the tape deck at the front with all the buttons, right? The play and the pause and the fast forward. And then you had the speaker built in behind it, which made it the long rectangle. We had the Star Wars turn the page. That was one of the first things I could remember. I know that's not music, but it's one of the first things I can actually remember when I start thinking about music in the early days of how it got introduced. Now I grew up in the church, and my mom was always in the choir. So I was always around music, right? My mom was always a piano player and doing different things. So we always had stuff going on. But I don't remember any of that stuff. I remember Star Wars and the Turn the Page adventures and you put the tape in and you read the book and R2 D2 would do this whistle thing that he does and you turn the page. Now let's begin. And <laughs> that's how it went off. I had three or four of those and I wore them out. Right. So I think the tape player ended up getting put into my room at night and i'm still i don't know maybe six seven i I really don't know my age i just know i'm younger i'm young enough to really go oh my god this is gracing in the world and my parents are like oh my god this is gracing in the world because instead of reading him a bedtime story he kind of starts learning to read to himself so it must have been earlier in six because obviously you should be reading something by six years old I, i don't remember if i was reading or not but it had educational properties it had my parents don't have to sit there every night and read me a story properties and of course i'm entertained in the world of star wars with sound effects and everything else so the tape recorder got put in my room but this is where the real early memories of music started we started putting music cassettes in right i guess maybe when i outgrew it or i just wanted something else now, there's two things I remember specifically about this stupid thing is, of course, the, most of the story that I'm going to tell you about the happy memories and, and how that got me into band and everything else. It's not really a negative story. And it's definitely not dark. It's just it's something I remember that has nothing to do with love of music. But these tape recorders were, were set. This is before they had the auto flip, right, where you, you'd play the other side. So it, it was supposed to just get to the end of the tape. The tape would give resistance, right, and it would stop. It would click off. And that's how it worked most of the time. But as it wore out for whatever reason, I would wake up and, God, now that I'm saying this, this still happens today. I don't know. I thought it's because I was a paramedic and I trained myself to listen, even while I was sleeping, to listen for noises and things that would tell me I'm needed, right? That I have to go do my job. Because believe it or not, it doesn't matter how loud tones are, you can sleep through them when you're exhausted. So I thought I trained, I assumed I trained my brain to listen for noises, but now that I think of it, the earliest time I remember doing that is in this situation where the, the music's playing. And it was Elton John, it was John Denver. I definitely remember listening to John Denver a lot going to sleep. And I'd wake up to, sometimes it'd be in the morning, sometimes I'd sleep through, but I'd wake up in the middle of the night to click, 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 
because it got to the end of the tape and it's still trying to spin. So it's clicking because it won't auto stop. The auto stop had broken or something. And so I'd wake up to that little noise, which is an interesting thought because I do that now. I mean, just about any little noise. I, uh, the kids opening my door in the middle of the night is not very loud, but I will wake up usually before they're beside my bed asking me for water or crying because of a bad dream or whatever. So definitely noises in my sleep will, will wake me up. Maybe it started then. But I, I, I loved, loved going to sleep to music. It spoke to my soul is all I can tell you. It, it spoke to me in ways that nothing else could. And as I got older, I got a radio, you know, I got the auto flip cassette players, of course, CD players. And that's a noise that you, you never quite get used to when an uh, older CD player spins up. Yeah, the little laser <laughs> the disc spinning and barely touching the edge and stuff. From that point on, there's two things that happened early on in my life. One was the advent of music. And for the most part, I needed music to go to sleep until... Roughly, I used it until I met my wife, really, or until I really got into a world that I got exhausted about doing things. So I remember even living in my faux apartment, which was the garage of my parents' house when I was 22-some years old, and I had a remote stereo system, and I'd put on music. No, I'll, you know, I'll make it easier, even. I'd be exhausted in the middle of the day from working, so I was working on the ambulance at that time. I'd come off a shift and I'd want to lay down and take a nap. Now, even at the EMS station, I would need to do this. Just turning everything off, especially in the middle of the day and going to sleep, you'd hear everything. Your mind would go, something's not right here. So I'd turn on something innocuous like the CMT, uh, Country Music Television, because I know it's not going to be blasting weird stuff at me. I know it's not going to come on with a song that'll wake me up. It's just country music is innocuous for the most part. It's just kind of there. It's background. And I would do that. I would turn on cmt and turn the volume really low and just have it playing in the background while i slept and that would help me get a really good nap and so that's where my love of music started and then being growing up in a household where we were all a part of the church we we're all in that and my mom wanted us involved in everything as much as we could be so we were always encouraged to be in choirs or any special singing groups and we had a desire to sing I think I had a desire to communicate. And I, here's the thing about music that most people don't seem to understand. It's not about the words, but it is. It's not about the beat of the music, but it is. It is about the combination. Music is the most powerful form of communication ever, ever. Because it goes past your understanding. It goes past your ability to reason. And it speaks to you, to the core of who you are and to your soul. People can be moved by beautiful orchestral pieces. Your emotions can be swayed by great music. And that's proven over and over and over again in movies. Watch a movie. There's stuff on YouTube you can definitely find where they show a scene with music. And it's, it's dramatic. And it's, oh, oh, what's going on? And then you show the same scene without the music score laid in where it's just them doing their thing. Everything else is the same, right? They're walking around in a room. They're talking to each other, the exact same scene. And it's like, this is weird. It's just not nearly as dramatic as it could be. I don't understand. I don't, I don't have a connection to it. While that's not always this, not the 100% rule to go by, it's definitely a thing where music will affect you. The right music can change everything. 
putting sabotage on the the Star Trek trailer was a great moment. And somebody's actually taken that and put it to, I think, Rogue One or, or something else, you know, Star Wars related. It just goes to show that with good editing, music makes everything powerful. So it is a huge form of communication. And I just, I think I was always attracted to that because I was trying to figure out who I was and this and that and the other. And I was always romantic. Man, I made mixtapes as the earliest as I could remember making being able to edit tapes together. Then you get the dual deck where you can put in the one tape to record and the other tape or radio even to pick your song and I'd find my song and, and I'd make the mixtapes. I was always loved the love songs, loved Elton John. Uh, there's one in my mind, Broken Wings. Can you take these broken wings? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's how I remember how it sounded. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just, I love Thunderdog stuff. You know, Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles, which is a load of shit because you don't get the girl in the end when you're the loser. You don't. You get the girl because you you overcome and you find the right point. But that was the lessons I learned. And I listened to Bon Jovi and, and hair metal. God, hair metal was my jam. And I had to sneak that one in because my parents did not approve. Because it's of the devil. Although, you know, <laughs> gays are of the devil, right? Religion. And yeah, Elton John was A-okay. And <laughs> you knew. You knew he was gay. I mean, there was, by the time the 80s rolled around, when I'm listening to music, you knew. Without a shadow of doubt. So, it's just funny how music can, can mean one thing to one person and something else to somebody else entirely. And I want to address something real quick because I've heard this stupid argument too many times that I just ignore. I don't even listen to the words. I just I like the beat. You're full of shit because your soul listens to the words. Your conscience listens to the words. You may think you're ignoring stuff, but I can guarantee you, you'd be surprised if I hit play on the song that you don't listen to the words, how many of the words you know. And words mean things. Words matter. So I don't care how great the song is. If you're talking about raping women and calling people nigger constantly, I'm not listening to that. I actually love the energy that is in DMX's songs. I don't listen to DMX because he says nigger all the time. And by the way, have you figured out this is an R-rated show? I'm going to speak plainly. And obviously, I'm not racist. I hate that word. I think it's horrible, but I think it's stupid to go inward because you make it goofy and you make it a joke, and that's not okay. I will say it when it needs to be said in a context like this, but that's why I can't listen to DMX because he takes something horrible and he just spreads this bad energy with it. I mean, he spreads this, this bad thought with it. It's like, but dude, your, your music is so upbeat and the rest of your, most of your words are okay, and on EMG season one, you know, we called it Irma Gerd then with Aaron and I. We have this great mashup with him, and I can't remember who the other artist is, and it's really, really fun, and then you really get to listen to his words, and it's homophobic as shit, and it's racist as shit. There's really not something good here, DMX. I'm kind of sorry I played that song. I mean, we actually, that's the only song in the history of the show so far that we've put a disclaimer on, but well... That was a great mix, and we can't really agree with the message of the words, and we're apologizing and for defending people, but we're going to talk about the mix now. So words matter, and you can't say, I'm going to listen to the words, and, and the music doesn't matter. No, it, it does. Now, here's the thing, too. Here's the beautiful, beautiful thing. You can take a rock song that you're like, eh, that's okay, or you, know, you can even like, well, I hate rock music. And you take the exact same words and put it with a different artist who does a different style of music. And you go, oh my God, that's the best song in the world. And they don't change, they don't put new music to it. They just put their style 
to it, right? Instead of playing hard distortion guitars, they're playing cellos. But it's the same notes, it's the same beat, mostly the same structure. They don't change it enough to where it's a whole different song. It's the same song, just done differently. And it's gorgeous, and it's beautiful, and it can move you. Historically, At Last, I think is what it's called, Etta James, there's a ton of different versions. Everybody has their favorite. It's not always Etta James, who, by the book, did it the best, honestly. Uh, there was another one. Uh, Adele just covered it. Uh, it's uh, Make You Feel My Love. And a lot of people go, oh, my God, play play the Adele Make You Feel My Love. And I, I feel the need to go, you realize that's Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan wrote and performed that song first in the 90s. Garth Brooks took it and performed it. Uh, I can't remember if he did it for a movie or just for his box set that he put out in the early 2000s. And I think other people have covered it, but then Adele just covered it recently in the late, you know, in 2016. There's a history to music. There's such a storied history to music that you you have a hard time even talking about with movies. There's a lot of times a movie's made that we don't even realize is a remake of a classic. And we find out we don't care, right? Uh, the I think it's called 310 Train to Yuma. Or 310 to Yuma, something like that. Apparently it was an original Western. Nobody knew. Well, okay, not nobody. Somebody knew. But the general movie-going public didn't know. We saw it as a cool new Western with Christian Bale and I uh, can't remember. Russell Crowe, I think, was in that. And it was a great movie. And when my uncle told me, who was a movie buff, and of the age of known that it was an original movie from the early days of Westerns, he said, oh, yeah, there's an original. Oh, cool. And that was the end of it. I did not care to go watch this other movie. Nobody did. No, I, I, Very few people went back and watched a classic because they felt like they had missed something. But music, if I tell you, I, and I can almost guarantee there's going to be people listening to this who go, oh, I love Adele's Make You Feel My Love. What? Other people have done it. And what is Bob Dylan? They might actually probably will go look it up. Music lovers do that. You'll go, let's see what the original is like. And you'll, you'll see the tones in the heart and one of the most prolific bands in the world is not a band, actually. It's, it's, it's Barry Gibb. It's the Bee Gees. But Barry Gibb has written so many hits that you don't even know he wrote. Sitting on the dock of the bay, Otis Redding made it famous. Barry Gibb wrote that shit. All the way up through the most famous song from the most fucking famous movies ever, Titanic. Here, far, where, at. yeah, that. From Celine Dion. Celine Dion didn't write that shit. I don't think she ever wrote anything. I don't know. Barry Gibb wrote that song for that movie for her to sing. There you go. You know, it's amazing stuff in music. So much there. And that's what that's one of the things I love about it. There's just so much there that you care about. Even if you don't care, you care. My wife's not a music buff. And when I tell her the story about that, she goes, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. You tell her a story about uh, 310 to Human, she goes, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Music has this this power, man. Let's let's go off on a limb for a second. Now I'm actually just kind of being funny, just being fictional. But let's say aliens really did seed the planet of Earth, right? Maybe that was their language, was music. Have you ever thought about that? You can communicate with people without understanding their language at all. You can communicate through music. You can appreciate music in other languages. You can appreciate that is the one of the few studies throughout the history of the world all known history of every culture has music in it every last one let's bring it to a different area what if god is music what if that's his communication her communication the universe's communication i mean you if you think about whatever area your brain lives in whatever your comfort zone is music is there dude 
I am amazed sometimes about how math works and how you can solve a lot of the universe or explain a lot of the universe with math. That's amazing. I love how math doesn't work sometimes and it can't explain stuff and go, well, we have these theories and these principles, multi-universe principles, uh, theories, string theory. There's one I can't think of. They used it. I always hate that. I can't remember this. I love it so much. But they used it in Torchwood. I forget the subtitle. But it was one where every, the death stopped in Torchwood. Everybody became immortal except, of course, Jack, who had been immortal. He reversed to being mortal. And the theory was, of course, they played it huge in a science fiction-y way, but there's a legitimate theory that says you teach a monkey in the San Diego Zoo to do sign language for his bananas and it's not necessarily simultaneously but soon enough monkeys in zanzibar that have never seen a human will start sign language doing sign language for bananas and there's a theory to it and it's an actual scientific theory that math doesn't explain but you can see the effects and all we can go is we we don't know why but we know that's that's a thing and i love that but music man goes beyond all of that Music goes beyond all of that. What makes music good? What's in the eyes of the beholder? Sometimes. Sometimes there's a universal good that everybody can go, wow, I I can get behind that. I remember when rap and hip-hop started coming up through the late 80s or mid-80s and, of course, heyday in the 90s for sure. The the lock-in date, if you will, was through the 90s. And, oh, people call it crap. And And there's still people who are so fucking close-minded today. I don't listen to rap. Really? I bet you do. And not even realize it. I bet you some of your favorite pop songs, sometimes even your favorite country songs, has a rap rap guy in it. Sometimes there's a, a line or two in there. You listen to artists who do the music you hate all the time because you it's stupid to hate. It's stupid to hate. You go, no, no, that's not for me. Or, man, that's a horrible, horrible thing. I've heard music. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's just... My first reaction was, that's trash. But my educated... Mature reaction is, well, obviously somebody somewhere likes that because I wouldn't be hearing it if, if somebody hadn't put it out on a, a label somewhere and somebody bought it. And obviously somebody's choosing to play it right now in this area that I'm in. It's not for me. Then it, you, this specific story that I'm thinking of is in a bar. There's issues with the bar and they're not setting the right vibe for what they want. And the crowd's not there. I'm like, well, part of it as a businessman, part of it is you're playing what I consider to be shitty music. You need to be in a bar. You need to be playing music that sells sex. You need to be playing music that sells energy. You need to be playing music that makes people, strangers, sing together because they know the song. Not some offbeat, quirky, and in my opinion, bullshit that somehow you like, but you know you're alone because, look, there ain't nobody here in the bar. You're playing shit for what you want. You want people here? You got to play what sells. Sex and energy. That's what sells. And that's that's exactly what you can do. Have you ever been to a party, to an event, where it's just something's off, the people are nice, the food's nice, the event's nice, but something's off and either there's no music? If you go back and think about it, like, huh, he's right, there was no music. Or it was crappy music that nobody cared about. You know, I'm not saying classical music crappy. I mean, there's plenty of events, charities, fundraisers, but you pick good classical music. You pick... Stuff that people recognize. You you pick upbeat, happy classical music. And while it's just in the background, it still puts out that energy that connects people and brings them together. God, I could go on for days on this. But my love of music just came from an inherent 
understanding of this is how it was affecting me without knowing why it was touching my soul i, I wanted to go to that's the last thing i wanted to do every night before i passed out was have music some kind of music playing and a lot of it was my parents influence but later it became my own choices i would play metallica to go to sleep sometimes i would and a lot of people are like oh that's just angry music no it's not angry music actually it's just energy music it's a different thing it depends on what's going on now if I am angry, if I am raging about something, I did find this out about myself. If I'm raging already, like there's always issues and I play Metallica or something along those lines, that, that harder, darker energy, it will amp up my anger. I will get angrier and angrier and I have to turn. I realize like, oh shit, why am I? I mean, I'm like ready to go do something about this now. And that's not that kind of situation. And I was like, oh, the music just made it, amplified it. It's salt in that case. It just, salt amplifies flavor. It just amplified what I was already going through. But when I'm happy and I play Metallica, I stay happy. It doesn't make me angry. Anyway, whatever. I'm arguing against the ghost of Christmas past here. And here's the thing. When you ask somebody, what's your favorite band? Shut the fuck up about it. Who gives a shit what you think? You asked me what my favorite band was. And at the time, I said Metallica, which is still one of the greatest bands in the world. And I, oh, Metallica, that just makes me, makes me want to go into my room and, 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 and be in the dark and you bang my head against the wall. I'm like, who, what the fuck is wrong with you? Who, who are you? You know, it killed me. When I just, uh, what do you listen to? Well, I listen to country music. Am I going to sit here and talk about how if you play country music back, you get your dog back, your house back, your wife, you know, there's a lot of country music that I hate. There's a lot of it I love. But why do you got to bash on my band? When you asked me, I didn't offer it. You asked me. And that's a, something else, right? That's the power of music. That goes into love because it's almost like a, a religion sometimes. Here's, here's again, the def, quick definition of religion is if you need somebody to like something because you like it, otherwise it's wrong, it makes you want to argue. What I'm saying is, oh, you don't like country music? Let me tell you why it's good. You don't like Metallica? Let me tell you why Metallica is the best in the world. Then maybe you don't like it. Maybe maybe you're very uncomfortable. Maybe you only picked up something because somebody else suggested it to you, and you have to convert others to the way you believe. That's religion. It inherently works its way into our lives because guess what else? In the history of mankind, what has been there since the dawn of time in every written history that we can ever find? Religion. Religion and music are the two things consistent through all cultures throughout all time. Just saying. They do t tend to go hand in hand. Not, you know, they don't have to, but they do. And without even realizing it, when you want to force me into believing your one kind of music is the best kind of music in the world, isn't that the same as saying your one type of faith or religion or God is the only God or the best God in the world? You, you know, think about it. So why I got into bands? So I always wanted to sing. I always grew up singing. I was okay singer. So I always sang. It just was a way to communicate because when you are singing and you, you really do it for yourself, if you do it for others, you can put on a show, sure. But if you really just do it for yourself and you touch that moment that touches you, it touches everybody else. It's a huge communication thing. I never heard the quote until I was older, a lot older. I mean, I was on Success Freaks before I heard the quote. But be the change you want to see in the world, I had never heard that, but I, I felt that. I remember... Going into a Christian bookstore, because that's where you went as a good Christian to buy music, because uh, you can't buy the secular world shit. Yeah. And looking at is this particular door, you could go, they had sound booth rooms, because they sold tracks, right, cassette tapes, and then later CDs that you could sing to. 
So if there's a famous Christian song out there you want to do for your church, you go and you buy the, the, the accompaniment track. And they had sound booth rooms where you could go in and listen to it, uh, listen to a sample or whatever, and sing and see if it's the right key because they had different keys, blah, blah, blah. But on those doors, it had posters of, I don't know if his new releases, I can't remember exactly what it was, and there was no real Christian metal. And I was really getting into Metallica at the time. And I loved hair metal. And they do have Christian hair metal. So Petra. Petra was great. I liked them. I haven't gone back and listened to see what their words are like. Because words matter. And it doesn't matter that your hair metal music's on point if you call yourself a piece of shit without those exact words. But, you know, when you know, I'm a wretch. I'm horrible. Jesus saved me for myself. Then I can't listen to you because, no, that's not, no, no. Let's leave it there. But I, I had that aha moment looking at this door, looking at the poster going, and I actually thought this because this is how my brain worked. It's weird. I'm in a Christian bookstore wanting to do Christian music and I'm going, where the fuck is the Metallica of the Christian world? Somebody with that energy, somebody with that ah, rock godness to them, somebody with that, ah, this is what we do. Where is that? And I went, I guess I have to do it. And so I started my first band and I don't even remember how I, I pulled that one off because I'd always tried to write music, always had played instruments, learned a guitar, uh, learned piano from like eight to 15 and did pretty well with that. And all I ever wanted to do on piano was learn to play bridge under troubled water. Cause I thought I could sing it, which I cannot cause it's way too high, but I wanted to learn to play that for myself, which I never did learn actually. Cause they don't do that. Piano teachers don't do that. They don't teach you what you want to learn. They teach you, Here's the fundamentals. And here, I learned for a lease. I don't give a shit about for a lease. And, I, and God, when I played it my own way, my mom lost her shit on me because it had to be played. I would put motion into it, man. I'd be like, and I'm like doing my own thing and I'm loving it and, and just playing with the speed and up. And, and my mom, stop it. Why are you doing it? You're messing it up. What the fuck, lady? Let me be creative. Oh, my fucking God. Let me do my own thing. Holy shit. I don't think I've ever told that story, Mike and Nicole. That creative suppression of you have to do it this way. No, music is God. Music is is free and flowing. And I didn't mean to say music is God. It was more of a uh, music is the shit. Music is, oh, my God. God, you don't get it. That's what I'm trying to say there is, is music is music flows and how you tap into it is how you tap into it and let my fucking freak fly man let me do whatever the fuck i want with this it ain't about you none of that second i'm not practicing for some goddamn recital i am just sitting there in the middle of the afternoon having learned the song and can play it classically and i used to be able to anyway play it well now you have to learn how to do it their way you do have to learn how to play it right in order to put your own stank on it but as soon as I tried to do that, got shut down. Man, <laughs> that was a repressed moment right there. <laughs> but that's my point is that the teacher wouldn't teach me what I wanted. She taught me all this other stuff. I never did really learn to play Bridge Over Troubled Water. It, it bugged me. I don't care enough now to go back and do it because, yes, I know as an adult I can do it. But the, it was a misguided dream. And you know, I, I thought if I could learn to play that song, I would sit and learn to sing it and I loved Simon and Garfunkel. Huge Simon and Garfunkel had a lot of their albums, their vinyls at one point, and just I really loved their storytelling. 
still crazy after all these years. Seriously, shut your eyes and listen to that, and you will see the story of it. Bridge over troubled water. You can you can make your own mental movie, and maybe I maybe I'm the only one who does that. I don't know. I always have a soundtrack of something going on in my life. I mean, you hear the references in all the shows that I do. Ibit will make a comment on from the Helicarrier, a game show uh, based off a comic book property, and he'll say something, and I'll pop out some song lyrics because that's how my mind works. It, it attaches. It's almost like a soundtrack to that moment. Typically, I get the nice reference. Oh, that was you know those kind of things. It's not intentional. It's not my thing. It just happens. So I I do I see some moments in music and I, I I feel like life is a movie sometimes and you have to have the soundtrack to it, but then of course at the same time if you you really get the right amount of music and let your brain flow you'll put together your own movie to the song you know I can't tell you how many times I've heard a song that I wanted to make a not a music video but a music movie to and how it would work at one point i listened i loved the man third day i haven't heard anything new by them so i'm not sure where they are now but i really like mac powell's voice i like his style it's a really cool energy i like third day at least you know the five or six albums i'd heard of them so with that many albums i can't say that something new would change that but it could if they change but the first album had a song uh i can't remember the damn name of the song just to be with you, i do anything as long as... Anyway, I think it's still called Be With You or Just To Be With You. And it's sung from the perspective uh, of of Jesus. It, it, it's this interesting thing. And it's interesting. I never heard the story told that way of him being on the cross and everything he went through. And it was just, especially at the time of seeking freedom, seeking new ways of thinking, from the church and knowing that things just inherently didn't work. But yeah, I still had faith in a greater thing that happened. And you can argue those stuff in the Bible is fictional. That's your problem. I'm not going to argue that the stuff in the Bible is literal. I'm going to argue that who gives a shit movies can move you. Why can't this story move you? Why can't you see a greater good in it? Shut the fuck up and leave me alone. Let me do my thing. Let other people do their thing. Respect for others. That's where it starts. I'm not going to change you. Stop changing me or trying to. Anyway, in my mind, I started to write because I grew up with Easter cantatas. And that's a, those big plays they put on every Easter about the the birth or uh, the death of Jesus and this and that and the other. And a lot of them are just shit. I'm going to be honest with you. They're just plain fucking shit. And the people who do them are podunk choirs who don't know their shit. And they, they're horrible. And you think you're great. And really, you're just making me suffer for two fucking hours because I have a thing called taste. And I and and I'm also enslaved to the church. So I, I can't leave because I'm, I don't, I'm not of driving age. And even if I was, my mom would beat me if I left. More trauma. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> but I actually started writing one. A rock. Oh, well, in this day and age, it'd probably be called a rock opera. But at the time, I didn't know that term. And I, I started forming. Oh, man. What if we did this? Music? What if we did this musical? But it's told Thief. There's a song called Thief. And I am a thief. I am a murderer. But uh, actually, that might have been the song I was thinking of Thief. Uh, where it's told from his perspective. That's what it is. It's told from his perspective, then it, it, it flips to where Jesus did everything. You, know? uh, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. I might be mixing my songs up, but the point is I was going to use both of them. But the whole rock opera, the whole Easter Cantata is told from the thief's point of view, and it's done from an early age of the path of life he took and what 
brought him to where he was and, and it'd be a musical and all this other stuff and it'd be the music of third day. And that's about as far as I got with it. And to the epic climax of the song of I would do anything to be with you and, and be amazing. And with the right writers, I could still write it. I think it'd be amazing. But that's the power of music is to tell the stories. And that's why Broadway plays, when they do well, they do so well because they just tell a human story that you can connect with. And it takes you on a journey that even if you don't want to go on, you go on. And that's the power of music. So getting back to bands, I realized there was no real good energy metal, you know, no Metallica in Christian music. And that's what I had to do. I had to do Christian music at the time. So I remember getting, you know, learning guitar, teaching myself guitar and all that other stuff, and ultimately getting better ones. And and I got into a group uh, that we actually played at a church uh, that we mostly did covers, and we did. I don't. I think we did one or two originals, but uh, had a, a a really good drummer named KC, and then Adam was a bass guitarist, and he just learned bass just to hang out with us, and he could sing, and we we did some really fun stuff. Uh, uh, I'd learned some alternate comp- compositions to to songs, and so that really was something we brought. And it was a fun night. It was a fun night. But again, in my history there, I would build things. I'm going to say this once. I'm going to leave it there and just tell the rest of the stories. But the reason these things failed was because my whole basic premise of how I did everything was faulty. It was I need other people to be successful in order for me to be good. You know, I need good people around me to lift me up. When in reality, I was the the good person. I was lifting and I could attract good people and together we could do great things. But that's not what I built everything on. It was on I'm failing, I'm faulty, I can't do it myself, and I need other people. Well, that doesn't build anything. Anyway, so after that band, you know, uh, Adam went to school. We we just kind of stopped doing music and, and, and different other things. We moved on. I still tried to work on things. There were definitely times, and this is before podcasting came around. I just, I have to communicate. I have a story to tell. I need to work through my own shit is a lot of what it was too. And that's how you write music. You write music to work through your own shit. And I wrote a number of songs, uh, the hunted being one of them off of, of a call, actually off of the call. I told on my EMS show, I do a show called EMS underground with Tom Campbell in the Georgia Institute of EMS uh, for them, actually. And and I told the story of a a kid who just stopped rocking. He was was climbing a rock wall, uh, fully supported. He just stopped climbing. And there was actually a nurse happened to be, the camp nurse happened to be there at the moment that let him down. He wasn't breathing, and his heart wasn't beating. He just died. And everything went textbook perfect, other than, of course, that moment. Everything went textbook perfect, and he was dead. I mean, nothing we could do brought him back at all. And there was never an explanation. There was no bee stings. It was, they chalked it up, because you can do this until somebody's 18, apparently, to SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome. It, it, they just died. We don't know why. And I had zero closure, so I wrote a song about it called The Hunted. And, and in my opinion, very powerful song, and it could easily be a country song. Uh, like, and every time I brought it to somebody, I was like, hey, I think – it might be time. This might be the right place. You might be the artist here. Let me give you these words and see what you do with them. And nobody's ever really been able to have the desire to do anything. It hasn't connected yet. Maybe one day it will. Uh, I've got two. I've got that one and I've got uh, another one. 
I, I can't remember the name of it. I had, I'd have to find it now. But I actually recorded that one with a decent band, uh, with Nicole being the drummer. An internet band, actually. So let's jump on. So I'm I'm in EMS, and I'm, I'm doing music and get introduced to Nicole. And I always just felt the need to – I think that's why I built bands, was I felt the need to fill a void in my life, to fill a void that I couldn't find anybody else to fill. And to communicate stories, to change the world. And plus, I've already told the story of Rock on Podcasting about being when I was 12 years old, I had this very clear vision, this very clear, real moment of I'm destined for greatness. And I can see a stage and I'm on it and huge crowds and I'm, I'm doing something important. I don't know what that is. So as I'm doing this passion of music and I'm going through it, and I love, I love movies about music. Those are some of my favorite movies. Duets. Love duets. I'm sure you could pick apart story plot and this and that and the other. Love that movie because it's just so musical. And all the most important mo moments are sung in that movie. Not as a musical, but as a real world thing. It's based around karaoke. And it's just, I love it. You know, any movie about a band, I pretty much watch. I, I was a fiend for VH1's Behind the Music and watched all of them that I could get my hands on. I just love that stuff. And there's certain moments, I don't know what it is or why, but there's certain moments that are just perfect to me that will make me tear up just irrationally. The first time I heard Linkin Park and Jay-Z's Crash Course, right? They came together and made a mashup album. It's the, my introduction to the mashups, really. And just when they, I forget which song it was, but they're doing this. I'm watching the video. So I had the CD. I listened to some of it. And it kind of made me emotional, but not a lot. But then I'm watching the, I bought the the deluxe edition. So I had the, the movie of behind the scenes and how they put it together. And it's this documentary. And when they fire up the music and Jay-Z's in the studio and he starts doing his thing, I bawled like a little girl. Because it, I don't know what it was. It's just this magic moment of going, oh, my God. That's what I'm talking about. Two diverse things. Jay-Z being an amazing rap artist. And Linkin Park being as, almost as far away as you can get being this alternative metal group. Completely different styles. But they came together, not just some DJ, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking DJs. But not just some DJ going, oh, this would be fun. The actual fucking artists themselves get together and it it changed my world. It became this superhero magic moment of every movie that couldn't be done otherwise. And it's real. And it's real world. And it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And it, it did. It made me cry. And I have those moments. I have those moments where there's just a slight moment of perfection. And it, it just it touches that spot that nothing else can and I get emotional. Uh, there there was another mashup not that long ago uh, that uh, you hear me talk about. If you go listen to it's uh, mashuppodcast.com. If you go, I can't remember the episode. Uh, it might it might talk about the death of a friend in the notes. And if, that, if that's mentioned in the notes, and that's the show. But there was just this perfect mashup that, that yeah, it, it, it touched me. It moved me. And you can hear it when I come back and talk about it. Uh, and it did happen to be around the death of a friend too, but it was just, it was more than that. It was. And that's music in a nutshell. And I wanted to touch the world that way because at that point in time, when I first started doing bands, I'd never been touched. I, I just had this incompleteness to me. And so Nicole, Nicole and I start 
practicing. It's just me and her in the barn in her backyard because that's where a drum kit is and it has some power. And I had a, a decent board and a decent microphone and I, she just got it. She just got it, man. Not only was she just a talented drummer, she was one of the first people that when I said, uh, okay, let me backtrack for just a second because this plays into exactly what she got. I'm very hard to work with creatively, creatively sometimes because I'll get a vision and I'll just describe the feeling of the vision. You know, I mean, like, oh, a vision appeared to me. No, I mean, I like, I get an idea of what this can feel like at the end, what it'll do, what it'll, what the ultimate goal will be. And this is what will happen. But I can't tell you, we're going to write this chord, this chord, and put this beat to it. Or I can't say with a show, even, we're going to put together these segments and we're going to talk about this topic in this way. All I know is just trust me. Sometimes I just have to say, just trust me. Follow me, and you'll get it. I never had to tell her that. And I'll say, yeah, I, I'm writing this song, and it's just kind of, here's some chord I can give you some chord progression for sure, and I can give you some words, but it's just, it, give me a little more of a, to it. Come on. You know, at this moment, I need a little more, ah, and, or over here, I need a little, you know, a little bit more, ah, give me some, some motion. And that's how I, I that's how I am creatively. And as a musician, typically you're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I, how do I play on drums? I mean, what, what she got it 100%. She got it from day one. She goes, Oh, you kind of mean like this. And she almost made me cry so many times because I cannot express. I'm, I'm so frustrated. I cannot go as a, a trained musician. I didn't have that training. I, I cannot go give me this kind of beat and roll it this way. Or I, I just had to say, and she, goes, Oh, and then she would do exactly what I'm hearing in my head. And I'm like, Oh my fucking God how how do you how, how are you the one person on this planet that can do that for me and then i stopped asking how and just started saying thanks uh there there's a, a praise and worship song called more love more power that is so contradictory to itself because here's well, the song it's not the way people do it because it goes like this more love more power that's how people fucking sing it. It drives me crazy. Why are you singing the song? The words are more love, more power, more of you in my life. And that's how you sing it. What the fuck is wrong with you? So I tackled this song. I tackled this song with my band. With, with It's just Nicole and I. And I was like, we have to kind of do it like this angsty rock thing. But it really just brings the power in the chorus. And she got it. And, and it's just this weird offbeat that I couldn't even describe. I was like, I'm going to kind of just start singing it and you see what feels right. And I, I'm kind of telling you, give me this off. I, I described it as best I could with emotions and guttural sounds. And it just went and she got it. She's like, start doing this offbeat and just kept repeating it. And then when I hit the pedal and we went to the chorus, she jumped right in with the right amazing. And it was for a brief moment. It was not truly Metallica, but was was what I was needing that Metallica void for in this case Christian music, and we went through a bunch of different iterations. But she she always was there. She always was there after Casey and Adam. When I finally when I first met her, she was always there, and we were doing stuff in her uh, in her barn for a while, and then eventually we started doing it in my bone. I had a bonus room, and when I, I was building bands and wanting to do music when we built the house that we had that we had for 10 almost 10 years uh 
so I when we were just when we were describing it, I was like the house. We we're describing the house and going, okay, what do we want? The house like I want a room for the band, which actually turned into my podcast room slash office later. But I built a room to have band practice, so we moved her drum kits to there, and it's air conditioned and it was inside and and we painted it. We put the name at one point. Our band name was a Forgiven. Uh, that was painted on the wall. Uh, we painted all kind of great decorations in there. And we had so many different bass players come through. And at one point, this guy named Cal came through and he seemed to get it. And, and there's whole other stories about that. that I just honestly don't have time to tell. And it's a darker story about human nature and listening to people tell you who they are and the mistakes you made. But in this case, for the love of music, he actually helped a lot at first. And I'm like playing it. I'm playing it the only way I know how to play it. And I'm not the greatest guitarist in the world. I have no idea how to read the notes on a guitar. I, I don't do the 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 shredding or the the picking of notes. I play chords. I don't even play power chords. And, and you know that at least I'm gonna step up from that. Power chords are supposedly lazy. So you put your bar down and you just slide. It's just like the easiest way to play a guitar in the world. I, I'm gonna step up from that. I play actual chords. But I would call myself a praise team leader, which I actually was in a couple of places. I was a praise team leader. I played drums. Let me tell you about my musical history. I played piano, and I'm still okay at it. I played guitar, and I'm still okay at it. I played the drums, taught myself how to play the drums, and I'm decent at it. You know, ultimately, you'll probably get the same beat from me in the long run, but in the short run, when you're just doing pickup stuff, it's just a lot of fun. But the conga drums, that was my God-given talent, apparently. I can stay. I, the first time I ever, I kept saying, you know, somebody's playing the conga drums uh, for this praise team thing. We went out to Athens. All right. I cannot remember the name of this church group I was with. It might have been the the student organization, the Christian student organization for UGA. I cannot remember, but it was a bunch of college kids. And they would, on Friday night, we would meet on Wednesday nights and, and do churchy type stuff. And then on Friday nights, we'd go downtown Athens. And a few people do witnessing. Some people do prayer walking, which I just don't believe in. I don't understand that at all. I think it's dumb. But you go with whatever the group does. I never prayer walk, but there would be people who would do it. And we would just sing songs. And somebody would have a guitar, and we'd all go down and sing, and, and somebody would play the congregation. And I kept, I know, I just inside me, I kept going, I can do that. That's calling to me. I mean, I can sit there and play it, but I've never played one before, and I'm self-conscious about just doing it. And one night, they brought the drums anyway, but nobody was there to play them. So I was like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I'll give it a shot. And I was phenomenal at it. And ever since then, I mean, I can't. I can walk onto a stage. doesn't matter what you're playing. Because conga drums, for me, are the perfect instrument in the world. Because I can feel something, and I can feel what you're doing with the music, what I'm getting out of the music, the feeling I'm getting out of the music you're doing, and I can put that feeling into sound with those drums there's just so many different ways to make sounds with them and i i can you will know what i'm feeling by how i play it and it just it is it is one of those that one true thing as a musician that i can do that is perfect you you you'll have that guitarist that i'm always jealous of that will sit down and just start playing with somebody they've never met and it's is is it really makes a, a awesome thing happen you'll have that musician that person who can sing that i'm always jealous of because i'm not that person i want to be so badly uh, you'll have a singer singing and they'll come in 
and like like a true superstar compliment the singer and just take it to a whole new level and not take over the spotlight it just makes it better and then the first singer actually raises their game and they sing together it's like oh look no they they're they're super awesome they're not just awesome they're super awesome and i helped show you that i can't do any of those things and, it, and it, i want to so badly but with the conga drums i can't anyway so yes, I've done the praise team thing. I've, I've played instruments on praise teams. I have led praise teams with the guitar. Uh, I, I've done all that stuff. And of course, I bring my tra trademark. I got a podcasting high energy to everything. But Cal, so Nicole and I are writing music. I'm writing it the only way I know how with chords and these guitars. And and I don't. I, I'm unrefined. I'm unrefined is the better word to it. I was I, I was becoming more refined, but I was just doing the best I could with what I had. And so the only way I knew how to bring power and emotion to a song was to hit it loud and hard and scream and, and hit those distortion pedals. And Cal was like, okay, you know, and he's following along. He's doing the bass thing. He's an amazing bass player, probably the best bass player I've ever seen in my life. Amazing bass player. And at some point, he I don't know, he said, I don't remember how it came up, but basically my response was, no, I don't have to play guitar. I'm playing guitar because I'm the only one here who's playing guitar. If we find a guitarist, I'll put the guitar down, and I will just sing and write music. Oh, really? I'm like, yeah. And honestly, if you have a better way of doing it, I'm doing, I finally just verbalized, I'm doing the best I goddamn can. I don't think it's enough. I don't think we're going the right direction. Can you help me? He goes, oh, well, since you said that, sure. And that's another problem I have with people is, I, and now I'm very, very clear about it. Mike will tell you. Anybody who's worked with me will tell you. I am not the end-all, be-all of this project. I have a vision. I have a goal. I will fill in all the gaps that are there because they need to be filled. If you have a better way to do it, please, this is why you're fucking here, is to say something. And if you don't, that's the one thing that's really ever going to get me mad at you, is if you had an idea and you had a way to do something better and you let me waste my time for a day, for a week, for six months, it's all the same to me. You let me waste my time trying to figure it out instead of going, hey, why don't we try this? I'm going to be fucking mad at you. And my best friend is that. Douglas has done that. And I yelled at him. I was like, what the? And I, I mean, I remember I had a conversation like, why the fuck are you here sometimes? When I call you, it's not to vent. It's to literally ask your opinion. And when you see me going down the wrong path to hit a wall for the 10th fucking time, because that was the image he used, because that's what he'll do with most people. Well, you know, they'll hit the wall and they'll learn. And it's usually smaller things. But we'd been together. I mean, we met when I was 16 years old. I just turned 39. So you do the math. But we've been together a very, very long time. But at this point, it hadn't been quite 20 years, but it had been over 10. So we'd been together through a whole hell of a lot, thick and thin, and, and, and literally hell and high water. Well, okay, not literally. We didn't go to the physical hell that, you know, whatever. Probably didn't even exist. But anyway. <laughs> But we've been through a lot, is my point. And I remember, and his imagery was always like, you hit the wall and you'll learn. And, he, and I told him, I was like, you put the pathetic in that pathetic, man. Seriously. If I come to you as my best friend, confidant, and advisor, and I have very, very, very few of those in my life, especially then I had him and my wife. And if the problem was with my wife, I only had him. And, and you tell me some ho-hum bullshit answer because you don't, you know I'll hit the wall and wh why? Why would you fucking let me run head first into the wall when I'm literally going, I don't know what to do, help me. And after that conversation, 
it's been a much better and a whole different relationship that if I come to him and say, Hey, I've got a question and I, I make sure he understands I'm asking him his advice. He will give it. But if I don't, and I know this, if I don't make it clear, I'm asking his advice, he won't give it. That's him. I've learned to accept him for that. He's learned to accept me for me and we've made a nice middle ground, but that's how I work in my company. You're here because you bring multiple skills to the table. And if I'm asking your idea on something and you don't share it with me, that's on you. And that's when we get mad. So I had that moment with Cal and uh, we ended up getting a guitar player. We actually did some really great music, uh, but I'll finish this story and I'll tell one that actually came before that. Or no, it came after. So anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That band exploded because life exploded. Cal disappeared on me, stole by keeping it. Okay, because I made all kind of efforts to get it back. He didn't like to steal and disappear. I don't know. Maybe he did. I have a lot of thoughts about his life, but it all comes down to my choices. But he basically took $1,000 worth of gear from me, you know, a good electric guitar, pedals, the amp that I had, a, a nice amp, PV amp that I had. Took all of it. He's gone. The guitar player and I just stopped talking to each other because my life exploded about the same time his did with I have to file bankruptcy and I'm having a baby. That was me. You know, I was filing my first bankruptcy and having a baby and, and all this other stuff. I mean, life was choking me, so I had to drop everything. And podcasting had come around at that point. I'd started a podcast and was doing different things and so on. But then the happiest story of all was, you know, I keep going. I have these songs in me, even though I don't, I, I believe my path got me to where I was and got me to podcasting. My gear helped me do great sounding podcasts because that's very important to me. And then making my inroads that I did there. Obviously, now, 12 years later, the rock out of podcasting. I do this professionally for a living now, and I run a company, and it's, it's great stuff. I don't feel the need to start a band. I feel like I'm filling that void that I, one, if you ever find the audio out there, and I don't know if it's out there or not, but bear crawling is bear crawling, bear crawling nation. They're the same thing. House of the bear was kind of the tail end of that, but it's me working through my emotional shit and talking about, uh, the, the really dark times and, and the real time happenings of what's going on in life and, and those kind of things and other fun stuff too. But that's, it was a lot of dark stuff and a lot of hard stuff. Cause I worked it out. It's what I needed to do. I had to work out, the why of my life and the what to get to the what's next. So I, I did that. I don't feel the need to start a band now. It's not my calling. I love singing though. I, I, I'm not super great at it, but if I find the right key, I can do well and I have fun with it. And I, I love doing it. And there was a time with, from the helicarrier that the song that we used for that, that I had a vision of as this gets bigger and bigger, and we grow, if it becomes a massive thing like, wow, I mean, we'd run this thing for a decade. And with that kind of money, we'd go to Vegas and do a, you know, a meetup, but we'd have the, band, the actual band that did the song, we'd have them come, but then I would, get to, I would get to sing the chorus with them because that's I can hit those notes. That's my key. That's my jam right there. I can nail that song, and I wanted to do that. And these are always visions in my head. These are always things that I want to do. And I like singing, but I no longer feel the need to to build that band. But the one last great thing that happened, now Nicole went on. She did some some other stuff with a, a great band. I mean, I always encouraged her to follow music and helped her find her path. And then once she started building a family, she chose a different path. I don't know if things will change. And we did talk about that, she and I, when that time came. 
she was very pregnant. It was very hard for her to get the band practice and keep her energy up. And, and of course, she knew. I mean, that's just the truth of life. Is when you have the baby, you're going to be out for a little bit. And they're you're talking the record labels, and they're talking tour. And you literally have to be out for a little bit. You know, you define a little bit however you define it for your life. But the fact of the matter is, you're going to be laid up in the hospital bed for at least a day. And there's a brand new baby that has to be taken care of that can't go on the road immediately. So blah, 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 blah. Uh, so we talked. I told her, I said, look, this isn't permanent. You know, at some point in life when you're a kid or, or if you have multiple kids, when they're at a certain point, you will grow up. And this is the same advice I actually gave Mike today uh, when we were talking about something else was, when it's the perfect time, it will happen. Time, we all say there's not enough time in the day, and I wish I had more time. And I say that, sure. But I could tell you for the right projects at the right time, time will make a way. All of a sudden, you will have more of it that you're like, how the hell did that happen? And it'll be the right thing to do. And it's not always, it's sometimes it's taking things off your own plate. Life changes. And that's what I advised her was life changes. Maybe you'll never go back to music, and that's your choice. And as long as you're happy in your life, what does it matter? You know, Rick Moranis, this is not what I told her, but I just thought of this. Rick Moranis gave us tons of entertainment in the 80s and 90s. Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, Ghostbusters, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. And I don't remember if he decided because his wife was sick or if he decided to quit for a while and his wife became sick. But for a long time, he stopped to do what he wanted to do, which was take care of his family, take care of his, his dying wife, take care of his children. And we lost out on that deal, but his life was happy. In interviews that he does, he says that constantly. I know I chose to do this. I'm happy with my choice. I love my life. Now, maybe he'll come back someday. He's left it kind of open to do that. I would love to see him back on the screen and do something else, but I applaud your choice. And that's, that's what I told her was life isn't permanent. Death is permanent. Mm. Mm. We'll get into that, the, the fabric of reality part two, but, but life goes on and what you choose today to step away from music in her case, doesn't mean you can't change that choice later. It absolutely means you can change that choice later. She, she has a natural God given talent to play drums and I'm from the South. That's what we say is God given talent. She was born with it. Let's just put it that way. She's a prodigy. She's amazing at drums. She could play anything. And it'll sound different every time. If she's in a country band, it won't sound like her rock band or her rap rock band or the band metal band. You know, they all sound different. She's amazing. And so she didn't even have to practice right now. Of course it helps. It gets you back in the action of doing things. But she could pick up drumsticks right now after not playing for probably years. And and while she'd be a little rusty and feel a little awkward, she would nail it. That's that's the choice you make in life. You know, and that's the power of music and, and my love of it. And the last story I want to tell, because I know I'm running along here, but the last story I want to tell is is the power of belief along with the power of music. And I believe, God, these two songs that are in me right now, oh my, throughout all the different failures and all the different iterations and all the different ways I wrote things, these two songs stuck with me. And I, I don't have a band, and I'm actually a podcaster now. And this is, of course, in the early years of me doing podcasting. I'm like, but inside of me, I'm struggling. One, there's got to be something to do. And I met a bass player who lived in Tennessee, who was not playing bass at the time, but he he had played on stage. He had toured, you know, small local tours, but he toured with a band. I met a guitarist in Utah 
who actually ended up, that's Kevin Kershaw, who's actually, they're doing some amazing things with their band, and that's who wrote the opening song from the Helicarrier, Call of Vintage. And he was in a rap, rock group then. And I knew Nicole. And I was living in a place that it wasn't easy to get together with any of those people. And so through the power of the internet, I recorded a rough, ver- you know, the best version I could of me playing just on the guitar and singing it. And going, this is the, the basic premise. You know, I'm a little off on places. My my key is out of tune every once in a while. I'm doing the best I can, but without everything else filling it. And and this was after the Cal stuff and after the guitar stuff fell apart. And I knew I if I'm to do this, I'm to do this with my voice. So I can play the guitar enough to show you what I'm going for. But it's not going to be. I'm not the guitarist on this track. I need another guitarist. And so I sent it to Nicole. I sent it to uh, Steve, who was the bass player. And I sent it to Kevin, the guitarist. And instantly they got it. They're, oh, my God. This is, yeah, no, this is amazing. And we're absolutely going to do this for you. And th- in different parts of the world, never connecting through anything live to practice. They solely and singularly did their own parts to that bullshit track that I sent them. And then when I got the parts in, I put them together, sent it back out. So then they refined their own parts and sent it back. And then I had a track, a perfectly done track to sing on. And I sang. And it was amazing. It was amazing. I played it for some musician friends of mine. Like, oh, my God, this is really, really good. And to me, it's a track that I can use to sell the song if I ever come across the right artist. And if any of you can suggest a place to sell songs, or if you want to hear it, I'll dig it out. It's on one of a backup drive somewhere. I definitely have it. Uh, but you you can you can definitely hit me up on that. But it's never going to be a, oh, we should ever, we, I should put together a band and do that. I have that, there's no desire there to do that. There's no desire to even perform the song. My, I, I, my story's ended. I'm satisfied. I got the moment. It, it exists. My baby was born. It is a true thing now. I don't feel that drive anymore to, ah, oh, I got to create this. I created it. It's there. Now it's there for somebody else who used to change the world. Because I'm going to sit here and use my voice. And and I'm sure there's so many other stories I could tell about the drama and the ups and downs and, and what I got from it. But that's, man, I made such a, a huge connection with her. That even though at one point in life, with Nicole being the her, at one point in life, I, I was a real dick to her. I mean, I was... I was unabashedly truthful and I was working through my own shit. And so I had no gentle to gentleness to me. So if she had a problem. I, here's the answer. And it was the right answer for her life, especially, but I handed it to her with a punch in the face. Here's the answer. Fucking go do it. Well, that's not going to help anybody. It never would have helped me. And through that, even through that time, I actually came back to her. She wouldn't talk to me for a while. Uh, she avoided me for a while. You did. You know you did. And it's okay. I deserved it. But I would come to her house. Well, her and her husband's house. I'm coming to see her husband. And miraculously, every single time that I'd come out to her place, she would have to be somewhere else. And I deserved that. I did. I made shit awkward, and I was an asshole. But as I, I fixed it, I, I apologized to her multiple times. And I made sure to have conversations with her to show. Because words mean things, but words don't always mean things. I can say I'm changed. I'm sorry all the time, but you also have to show it. And so I made sure to show it. And now, you know, unless something truly comes up, she's there, you know, when I'm there and we hang out and we talk and, and it's good to have that relationship back because she got me. 
when nobody else could. This is uh, before I even met Aaron. Helped me create the thing that had to be created. And honestly helped me on my path to become a podcaster and to, to show to show me, but be there all along the way to show it's not about the music. It's not about the writing. It's not about this. It's about sharing your view of the world in whatever medium that works in. And she was there. And that's that's my path through band stuff and through my love. I still love music. I still, I, I do wish I had the skills. I could get them. I don't want to devote the time. But sometimes I wish that I had the time and desire to devote the energy to learning to be a mashup DJ because I could create so many crazy, awesome things that way. But my life is here. I love, I love flipping on a mic and just talking about my life and talking about the, my view of the world, be it on breaking the panel, which is an amazing show that you should listen to be it on EMG season two, where I get to talk about my love of mashups with my most favorite person in the world, Aaron McFall, my wife, who it's just, the chemistry is insanely awesome and it just reminds me every time we do one of the shows why we're still married and why I married her and how our, our marriage is much better now than it was when we first started. I'm sure uh, Pokemon Go, you know, another one. I, I, I share my view of these niches of the world. And here I share my view of the entire world. So thank you for listening to the Rock Out of Podcasting. Thank you for being a part because you get it. And as you've heard in, in this show, that means more to me than anything else. When you can get my vision, when you can get what I'm doing and see past the inherent bullshit and see past the the people reaction of what yeah, you, you tell a story about you. It's like, yeah, but if you if you get it, you get it. Kevin Smith has a huge following. You know what he does? He only tells stories about himself. Are you Kevin Smith? Fuck yeah. I'm the next I'm the next Charles McFall, motherfucker. I'm gonna be right out there. Kevin and I are gonna do great things together. We're gonna be very similar in how we do things, but very different at the same time. Yeah, I'm the rock out of podcasting. That's who I am, and that's what I do, and that's part of the story that got me here. So, again, I want your questions. I, 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 the, that I did not see coming. I, I did not listen to SpeakPipe. I sent it right to Mike. I had no idea what the question was, and those are stories that with all the, I, I'm telling you, with all the and that Mike might have to cut out. You might not hear all the and that I did, but that's me processing the new path and the new story that either I haven't told parts of in forever, I haven't thought about it forever, or some of it I've never really dived into. So that's part of what I'm talking about. Thank you, Nicole, for sending that in, is those questions that take me into a different part of life that that just don't go. So I want that from you. Bearcrawling at gmail.com. Rockoutofpodcasting.com is a speak pipe. Facebook.com forward slash Rock Got a Podcast and Twitter's at Rock Got a Pod. Hit me. I want you to be a part of this because we're all connected as humans. And I believe you get something out of this. I, I feel like you do. I know I do. And I love sharing these stories. And I love sharing the things I learned. And honestly, I love trying to teach you something sometimes. So thanks for listening and, and send those send those questions in.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.